Christy. Hey, Edith. Why do you think cows have hooves instead of feet? Why? The cows have hooves instead of feet because they lack toes. <laughs> Hi, I'm Christy. And I'm Edith. We're backyard gardeners from Colorado. And neighbors. And friends. These days, gardening has gotten very popular. And we've noticed more and more people picking our brains for tips and troubleshooting about gardening. We're not experts. We just learned a lot about gardening from the mistakes we made along the way. So welcome to Upside Down Tulips. A fun podcast that celebrates gardening gone wrong. Upside Down Everybody. Hi, everybody. Hello, Edith. Hi, Christy. Hey, Christy. What? October 12th. Do you know what October 12th is? No. Farmer's Day. Perfect. I'm so glad that finally they have a Farmer's Day um, to, to recognize our farmers. <laughs> I, I tell you, I have felt like a farmer the past couple days while bringing in all the harvest. Yeah, that's right. It's right. What a good feeling that is. Um, so listen, I found some interesting things about farming, which is this 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 lawn starter. It's called Lawn Starter. It's a company. They compared the 50 states across 42 key metrics. I always wanted to say that word metrics, and they ranked 2021's best states to start a farm or ranch. Huh? Oh, to start that's interesting because yes. you don't really think of people starting a farm. It's a whole thing now that, that people are saying, you know what, I don't like this modern life anymore. I'm going to go and I'm going to start a small farm. So um, so they did this survey, and it's really interesting. Uh, the top five states, and some of the key metrics, this might help you, were um, availability of land and ROI, which I found out meant return on investment. Ah. Okay, so the top five states, Montana, Kansas, North Dakota, Texas, and Oklahoma. Wow. Isn't that interesting? They're all around us. So everybody in those states should start a farm. Absolutely. You're going to get a you're going to get great ROI. And Colorado is number 9. That's not shabby. That's not shabby. Now this is interesting. You know who's in the bottom 5? I'll give you one guess. New Jersey. Yes. Can you believe that? They call it the garden state, but there's no available land. And it's too expensive. No sure. ROI. Mm. So it's Maine, New Jersey, Connecticut, Rhode Island, and Alaska. Now, Alaska, and I thought that this was interesting as well, although is not great for farming because of the really short um, uh, growing season uh -huh. and their soil's not great. However, because of their long daylight hours during the summer, they can grow vegetables to the biggest sizes you can imagine, like a 19-pound carrot. Oh, my goodness. A 76-pound rutabaga and a 172-pound cabbage. That makes sense because if you've ever been to Alaska before, the flowers there mm -hmm. in July, they're so fluorescent because yep. they're getting so much daylight. It kind of makes your five-pound cabbage seem a little puny, doesn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> 172 pounds. Wow. So anyway, happy Farmer's Day. If we have any farmers listening to us, happy Farmer's Day, and we honor you. Yes, especially when it comes to harvesting, because I think the people who have to harvest green beans, that's the hardest job in the world. Boy, my back gets sore doing that. 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. You got to you got to get a situation where you can sit down. Are you bending over or kneeling? Yeah. Yeah, you yeah. don't want to do that. Well, let's give a general shout out to our garden party members. Edith, folks, these are uh people who will throw us a couple bucks a month to help support Upside Down Tulips. You could come in at many, many different levels for $2 a month. You could be a curmudgeon. For $5 a month, you could be a lawn chair lettuce. You could be an attic tomato or a deadheader. Mm-hmm. Dead, right? Yes. We certainly appreciate all of you guys. And if you're interested in doing that, folks, just click on the link in the show notes below. It'll just take a few minutes. And you get fun rewards like seeds from our garden. And depending on the level you're at, you can get some of the Upside Down Tulips merch. And merch right now is on sale. How much is it off? 35% off. That's so much. So that means you can get a $13 t-shirt or a $20 phone case. That's almost a BOGO, isn't it? Yeah, it almost is. It's 15% away from a BOGO. (laughs) Come on, everybody. (laughs) So, Christy, how's your garden? Really well, uh, because we still have a garden. Here it is, the middle of October. I know. Now, the weather says it's going to, the lows are going to be in the 30s next week. It's possible we might get our first frost. Might be a light frost, though. Mm -hmm. I bet it will be. Because I think how uh, warm the soil is, and I bet you it will be. And you know what it'll do? It'll just make the root vegetables sweeter. Oh, that's nice. That's really what it'll do. Well, everything, I did a huge harvest last week, and I have 10 quarts of canned tomatoes upstairs, Edith. Wow. That's, I have, the tomatoes are, they just keep coming in. They will not stop. Yeah. And, and so I canned tomatoes, I pickled cucumbers, and the peppers are coming in, so I made my infamous hot sauce. Your hot sauce is great. I'm adding a new pepper this year. And that, if you recall, oh. we talked about this a couple weeks ago, Edith. This is called the Pumpkin Spice Jalapeno. And it, it is not named because it tastes like cinnamon, nutmeg, and um, cloves, like no. a pumpkin spice no. latte from Starbucks. It Mm-mm. was named because it is lightly spicy and fruity and mostly named for its color. So, folks, this is a bright orange jalapeno pepper. And I have a little bit for us to taste. I haven't tasted it yet, Edith. Which is why you gave us such a small piece, I gave piece, us a really small right? piece because I'll tell you why. Because in my research on how hot it is, I'm hearing two different things. Uh-huh. And I got this plant from a friend of mine, so I'm not entirely sure which one we have. If it's the regular pumpkin spice jalapeno, yeah. it means that it scores 80,000 points on the Scoville heat unit. Uh-huh. Not to be confused with the Paul Schofield heat unit, which is an entirely different thing. We love, we love that actor, but you know, he's, and he's dead. This would be 10 times hotter than a usual jalapeno. I bet you it's not as hot as Paul Schofield though. <laughs> <laughs> this, did you just say this is going to be 10 times It hotter? could be, or it could be a new pumpkin spice jalapeno, new spelled N-U, and then where this way, it would only register on the 
Scoville heat unit as 25,000 units, which is just like a jalapeno. Okay. Okay. So, which, which is, okay. I, I don't know which one it is. I, I don't either. So I got, we both have a little piece here. A little, by little piece, it's the exact size of one macaroni. <laughs> I thought she was serving me one mac and cheese <laughs> when I came down here and saw this on this plate. Okay. You so ready? Should try it? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, one, should we, two, two three. three. Mmm. That's kind of delicious. You know, it's sweet. It, it's it's sweet. It's mild. It is mild. It kind of has, like the hotness mm-hmm. comes after a few seconds, and it's not that hot. But it has a nice heat to it. It does. And it's actually fruity. You know, they said it was like a fruity taste to it. It's and definitely it fruity. Yeah. Fruity so it is. So that's going to be in my hot sauce this year. Oh, that's going to make a delicious... Yeah. Oh, that's a good idea. That's a delicious hot sauce right and there. The other thing I want to say for my garden update, Edith, is I want to say this out loud. Out loud. Because I find if I say things on the podcast, then it makes me do them. Okay. So remember way back in January where I said I, one of the things I wanted to do this year was I wanted to get a forsythia bush. I've Did always you? wanted oh one. Oh, my gosh. And I bought one in, what is that, like maybe April, May. So long ago. I still haven't planted it yet. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Are you going to plant it, Christy? Edith, if I don't plant it now. When are you going to plant it? It'll die. Yeah, I mean, I have to get it in the ground this weekend because if we're starting to get frost and the ground gets, I mean, even now I'm a little worried about it. Like, I don't know. Did I miss the window? Oh. You know what? You can just cover it. Just, just I'm gonna have wrap to like mulch the yeah, crap you're gonna have out to of it. Mulch, and and if it really does get cold, put a sheet over it like we made our I'm tent gonna, city last year. I'm gonna have to make a huge blanket fort for that for the next blanket couple fort. weeks. Yep, blanket yeah. fort. Oh, Very good. Edith, careful, don't touch your eye after the Oh my jalapeno. gosh, oh my gosh, oh my gosh. <laughs> oh, I can't believe I did that. It's okay. Luckily it wasn't too hot. I I the reason why I said it is because I already just did it and my eye is stinging a little bit. <laughs> Like such a fun idea to try these jalapenos today, didn't we? Like I'm not going to touch any part of my body for the remaining part of this podcast. Okay, and that's Edith. a good rule. That's a good rule, yeah. general rule for this podcast. Let's not touch parts of our bodies for absolutely no reason, as we are wont to do. As we are wont to do. So, anywho, next week, I hope to goodness I'm saying I got that forsythia in the ground. I'm going to hold you to it now. I said it out loud. You know, you said it out loud, yeah. so please do that. Do it. Okay, Edith. Yes. How's your garden going? It's good. So I got my garlic from Keens in Wisconsin. I love knowing where who sources yeah. my seeds and this stuff. This is your garlic bulb, your garlic, garlic seed bulb I got. that you're going to plant. Yes. I got, I think, four bulbs. Each of them have about six cloves. They're called German Extra Hardy, and they're really... Such a nice size. Do you have any extras? Uh, honey, I already planted oh, okay, them. Okay, fine. Uh, well, folks, if you want to learn about how to plant garlic, we had an episode, what is that, just like three weeks ago, right? Yes. And so I planted it, and I actually, to tell you the truth, you know, kind of re-listened to the episode. <laughs> sure. Because I've never planted garlic before, uh-huh. and I always had that minuscule garlic. And then I was very happy to use my corn stalks as mulch, because they said, Three to four inches of mulch to protect it from the winter. Yeah, and it helps from um, weeds getting in there. Because if you get weeds in your garlic patch, mm-hmm. that's a pain in the butt. And they hate it. 
They absolutely and did. And you plant your clothes pointy end up like you're supposed to plant I tulips? I did. Yes, I did. I think I did it all correctly at six inches apart. And so I was very pleased to do that. You know, we could have called this podcast Upside Down Garlic. We, we, we could have. Because <laughs> I planted garlic upside down before. Yeah. Did you? Did you? <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I've been harvesting broccoli, radishes. My zucchini's taking a bit of a pause. Hey, Christy, you know the second round of broccoli, like after you do the, is that what broccolini is? Oh, that's a really interesting question. That's what somebody said to me the other day. Oh, look at you have broccolini. That's interesting. That makes sense because it looks like broccolini. It does make sense. I just thought broccolini was, they just called it that to charge more for broccoli. Right. Like they do right. for baby care. Right. Yes. <laughs> you know? And baby corn. Yes. And well, baby let's, corn. We'll, we'll, well, if, folks, if you know the answer to this, let us know. Yeah. Or we'll come back next week with a profound answer. And you know what I'm glad of? I was going to take all the broccoli out because it was infested with aphids. But rather than do that, I took out the uh, aphid-infested parts. I put um, sprayed it with a hard jet water. Water it it can be jet. so beneficial. There's no more aphids on this new broccoli coming oh, in. I'm great. so pleased. Yeah, you don't need to just jump at a, a pesticide right away. Yeah. A jet of water can do wonders. You know what's really cool about um, where we are in life now is that so many of our friends are gardening, you know? Um, so, and, and we share stories. So I, this happened to me this week. You know how when you're talking to somebody and they start looking extremely confused, like really, really confused, and you think, oh, they're just not coming in on all cylinders, you know, so you'd like talk slower or whatever. Listen to this. Are you trying to tell me that's how you have to talk to me? No, no. This is what okay, happened. Okay. Okay. This is what happened. So my neighbor, Stephanie, we were talking and she goes, you have to look at my garden. It is ravaged. And I went over and sure enough, things were ripped open and awful. Well, I was telling the story to my friends, Tim and Michelle. And I said, it couldn't have been a squirrel. I'm telling you that acorn squash was ripped open. Beavers, I said. <gasps> Beavers Beavers? were in their garden and they started to look confused like you do now. Yes. And Tim goes, beavers? And Michelle goes, I've never even seen a beaver. I go, yes, beavers. It was too much for just a squirrel. And then Tim goes, do you mean raccoons? And by that Often, time, yes. Christy, I'd been talking really slowly, you know, like beavers. And then I realized, like, I'm the one who is a burger short of a Happy Meal. <laughs> you know, or they say maybe, Edith, you're a couple plants short of a flat. <laughs> a couple plants. I like that. Yep. A couple plants short of a flat. Oh, my goodness. Well, folks, if there are words or terms you're not familiar with, why don't you go to our website at UpsideDownTulips.com and check out the humorous and informative Upside Down Dictionary. Or you could click the link on our show notes, or you could even, we have fun stuff on Facebook, Instagram, Pinterest, and YouTube. And now, here is an oldie but a goodie, one of our favorite pod plays, 
starring the wonderful Abner Genesee. This is going to put you in a really good mood. Oh, yeah. We call it sexy time. Okay. Hello, gardeners. The sun is setting earlier every day. The nights are long and dark. Ah. It's getting colder. Summer's gone. Your tomatoes were full-bodied and juicy. Mm. Your melons were heavy and ripe and looked good. But summer's done now. Now, it's all about the root vegetables. Parsnips, rutabagas, and carrots deep in the ground, just waiting for your hands to pull them up. Ah. So gardeners, it's time. Open your arms and bring it all in. It's time to put your garden to bed and let nature take its course. Let your garden lie fallow, soft and sighing deeply sleeping and awaiting the kiss of spring. Until then, order a Farmer McKeague seed catalog and have sweet dreams about next year's garden. Farmer McKeague seeds. For plants, the bees will love fertilizing. Yeah, that was the pause that refreshes. Let's bring it all in. Yes. Which is good because today we're actually talking about bringing in plants to overwinter inside your house. So that the, so that when the spring comes, you don't have to start them in pots or anything. You can just take them straight out when it gets warm enough. And there you have it. You have such a head start. You know, Edith, I never knew that you could do this until maybe about... Uh, seven or so years ago, I was in a friend's house and I saw that it was in the middle of winter and they had their geraniums inside in their sunroom. Yeah, and they said mm-hmm. they brought in their geraniums every year. And so here was I every year buying new geraniums, which is, you know, on the more expensive side of plants. Mm-hmm. It I'm is. spending like 50 bucks a year on geraniums and now I bring my geraniums in every year. And there are other plants you can do too. Well, let's 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 talk about it because, um, yeah, it's really good, useful information. Also, information I did not have for the longest time. Now you can't bring in everything. No. Well, maybe you could maybe. if you have a greenhouse, I suppose. Yes. So it's sort of up to you know folks out there to kind of determine what plants that they have out there that are annuals that they want to bring inside. We'll talk about some of the more common ones. But now is the time to start doing it in most areas around the country. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, You want to look at the temperatures around if they start to dip below 45 degrees at night, which it's doing for us right now. Now is the time to consider which tender annuals you want to bring inside in overwinter. Um, most tropical plants will suffer damage at temperatures below 40 degrees and a few even below 50. So you need to act well in advance of any frost. So we're kind of on the edge of it right now, don't we you We are on Edith? the edge of it. Yeah, absolutely. And you should also consider where you can put plants inside your house. 
Now, if you have a greenhouse, if you're lucky, that's awesome. Right. I don't have a greenhouse. You don't have a greenhouse, Edith? I don't, know. So you should consider a place in your house that has high humidity. That's really the main issue, don't you think? High humidity and some, not all, but some of the things you bring inside are going to want sun. Yes. So if you have a nice southern window, and also, can I just say, acclimate them. Like you acclimate things before you plant it. Acclimate them when you don't take them from the bright sun into your house. Slow it down, right? It's kind of the opposite of hardening off in the spring. Yes, like softening it up. Softening on. Softening on, (laughs) yes. You want it to get used to less light. It'll never be as light in your house as it is outside, but you don't want to give it shock either. And and you might need to supplement light, Edith, because in winter, even a west or south-facing glassed area only has the winter light intensity of a shady area in the summer. So consider if you're going to need additional, like a grow light, or make sure you clean your windows. Oh, yeah. Wow. So you're I never thought light. of that. that. That's a really good point. And for... <laughs> I am such a bad housekeeper. <laughs> Edith, Edith cleans her windows and goes, holy crap! I can see... <laughs> And, and just to add on about humidity, um, you, a misting is very good to give plants mm-hmm. extra humidity because it's mm-hmm. so dry, especially here in Colorado and when the heat is on. If you group plants together, that helps create a little microclimate. Mm-hmm. It and, does. And, of course, a pebble tray under your plants that is lined with a waterproof material with a layer of gravel and place the plants on top and keep the gravel moist, and that will create humidity. Now, if you if your plant needs some pruning, uh, then you you want to do that outside. You don't want to bring it in and then do it, right? So, um, let should we start with with geraniums? Yes, uh, and I have to say that my success rate is probably about seventy percent. Oh, that's a good one. And it's it's just to let people know that it's kind of trial and error. Every year, as you kind of figure out what your house can do and what the plant needs, and mm-hmm. so it all it all kind of depends. Um, of course, last year, I I put my did not bring my geraniums inside. I left them in the garage, thinking yeah. that was going to be warm enough, and it wasn't. And so this year, I'm bringing them in. And geraniums are only grown as annuals, except in z- zones ten and 11. And so if you live in those zones, you can just have geraniums outside year round, but the rest of us need to bring them in. The longer you keep geraniums growing indoors in pots, the woodier the stems will become and the less they will flower. So if you want a profusion of blooms, you're actually better off just buying new plants as annuals every year. But I like, I don't, you know, so you're not going to get the big pom-poms that you're gonna that you first got every year you're mm-hmm. gonna get less blooms so maybe you do want to replace these plants every five years you know christy also um of the geranium the other way to bring them in if you don't want them to bloom and if, if you don't want them to put all the vigor into blooming and you know how they fall down and they stain things you can prune them and then you can cover them with a oh, paper bag right that's because called... they, they kind of what hibernate Yes, what I was referring to is that after you, um, if you bring them, if you bring them in, uh-huh. next year they will not bloom as much. Right, 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 right. 
So even if they go dormant, they still will not bloom as much. Yeah, dormant is the word. So yeah. so e- either way, you can yeah. keep them both ways. Yeah. If you want to keep them dormant, don't put them in the sun. Hardly ever water them, which you were really successful at doing last year in the garage. Yeah. Well, let me say this, is that um, the best time to bring geraniums in as a house plant um, is in the fall when it's still blooming and the temperatures are mild. If you harvest them too late, if you bring them inside too late, um, the plant may have already entered its die-off phase. So if you if you bring them in too early, it can mean sacrificing peak blooms in the garden. But if you bring them in too late, um, and and too cl- with the wind, and if you don't acclimate them in, they could die. Which mm-hmm. I've done that before too. Mm-hmm. But they make really great winter house plants if you can give them enough light. So you need a sunny or south-facing window or grow lights so they don't get spindly. Um, if they're already in pots, just bring them in or mm-hmm. dig them up and put them in a pot. Mm-hmm. Trim them to a third of their size. Water them really well. Allow the soil to drain out. And this gives them time to adjust to the drop in humidity before they go inside for the winter. To have them go dormant, which means having them just go to sleep which is kind of what mine do when I bring them in the attic. Mm-hmm. It means sort of um, tucking them away and then pulling them out again in the spring. You want a cool, unheated, slightly damp basement or attic is ideal for having them go dormant. So you pot them before the first frost, cut the plants back about half, so even more. Allow the soil in the pot to dry out. And as you said, Edith, place an overturned paper bag on top of each plant and store them and check them every few weeks to make sure the leaves and the stalks are not shriveling. If they show signs of drying, spray them with water or lightly water the roots and then allow the plant to dry completely before replacing the paper bag. Or what I kind of do is I just kind of go up there and maybe like water, water them like once a month. That's kind of what I do. You know what I read some people do as well? Some people remove them from their pots and hang them, the, hang the bare root plants upside down. I've heard that. I have not done that with geraniums, and you only spray it with water occasionally so they don't shrivel up. And then in the spring, you soak the bare roots for several hours to rehydrate them. Oh. And then you repot Maybe them. I'll try one like that. Do it. Let, let's, let's make yeah. this like one of our experiment things. Yeah, just for fun. Um, it seems like it's a hard to find a place to do that. Like you need to have a place, the right spot to do that. But I may have a spot in my attic I can do mm-hmm. that in. Dark, cool place yeah. in the attic. Yeah. You can also uh, take a cutting of geranium, which is take a four to six inch portion of um, that's just above the node, but should have a couple leaves on it. And then take that section and put some rooting hormone on it. With some fresh gardens, fresh potting soil in a pot, mm-hmm. stick your finger in it to make a hole, and then put that node in the pot, careful not, in, not to brush off the rooting hormone, and plant, uh, plant it in damp soil, and don't let it dry out. Place it near a bright window. And if you don't have a lot of humidity, you can put a paper bag over that cutting to retain the moisture, and that cutting should root in six to eight weeks. Alternately, Christy, you can also root it in water. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah you can root it in water. and Oh, I it, love that. It takes a month or more. They are slow about it. Maybe we'll try that one too. 
Try that one too, because what's good about that is you can see if it's rooting or not. I like that idea. Yeah, and you don't really need the root hormone. You don't, you know, some people don't use root hormone like ever. Like I don't. It does help, it, but you don't absolutely have to have it. But yeah, in soil or in uh, dirt, I mean soil, soil or water, <laughs> in soil or in water. <laughs> And and that soil should be moist, shouldn't it, Edith? Yes, should be moist. Moist oh, you soil. Just made, you just wanted me to say moist. <laughs> Shout out to the word moist, everybody. Oh, for heaven's sakes, Christy. Now we have a brand new pod play about the joys of autumn, the leaf pile. The leaf pile. And when we come back, we'll talk about rosemary. Yes. Hi, I'm Evie. And I'm Chrissy. It's fall, and that means it's time to harvest your leaves. Leaves are your garden's most abundant crop. Their trees have mined minerals from deep in the subsoil and brought them to the surface. Leaves are a rich source of calcium, magnesium, phosphorus, potassium, and more. The leaves of one large tree can be worth as much as $50 worth of plant food and humus. Pound for pound, leaves contain twice the mineral content of manure. Ew! (laughs) Edie, did you know leaf humus can lighten heavy clay soils? And they feed earthworms and beneficial microbes. Leaves increase the moisture retention of dry, sandy soils. And they make an attractive mulch in the flower garden, Chrissy. They are a fabulous source of carbon to balance the nitrogen in your compost pile. And they insulate tender plants from the cold. But before you do all that, please, please, on behalf of all kids and dogs everywhere, rake them up into a big pile first. Here I go, Edie. Wahoo! Wait for me, Chrissy. Whee! Come on, Snoopy. This has been a public service announcement from Leaf Piles. It's good for kids and good for the garden. So, Christy, that reminds me. I mean, Chrissy, hey, it's Edie <laughs> over here. That reminds me, um, leaf mold. I'm, don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, to make leaf mold. Don't ever just throw those leaves away, bag them up and throw them away. Put them in black bags, shred them first if you like, and uh, poke holes in the bag. Make sure the leaves are wet and leave it for a year or two. We got time. We have patience. We're gardeners. And like it said in our little PSA, very few things are more nutritious to the soil than leaf mold. And I think we talked about it in one of our episodes. Oh, we have in the compost episode. In the compost Mm -hmm. episode. Good, Christy. She always remembers things. (laughs) Well, let's talk about bringing in rosemary because last year you had a tragedy. I I have never not killed my rosemary. Let's put it that way. (laughs) It's the tragic cycle of every single winter. But this year, but I think I know what I've done wrong because, you know, we talk and we do research and stuff. So I think the first thing I did wrong, well, I've never cut it back. I don't know if you have to with rosemary, actually. I think it's good too, yeah. I think it's good. Well, you love the cutting back. You're you're a big proponent of it. So I'm going to do that. I'm going to cut it back. I also realized that I, for years, just used garden soil, stuck it, and I just dug up my rosemary, 
put it with garden soil in a pot and took it in the house. Well, no wonder it died. Like you said about the geranium, you use potting soil. Mm -hmm. You use really good fluffy soil, not the hardened garden soil. Yeah, light. Light. That's the word. Light and moist. And fluffy. And fluffy. <laughs> um, I think that also, because I used that hard, hard soil, the top would get really, really dry, and mm. the roots at the bottom would rot. Yes. Rosemary hates wet feet. Yeah. And it actually takes a lot of its humidity and moisture through its leaves. So you have to be very careful. Overwatering mm -hmm. rosemary is one of the worst things you can do. It's not the way to add humidity. I mm -hmm. realize that now. The way to add humidity, I'm going to mist it. I'm going to mist it a lot because... Uh, I love the smell of it in my house. Mm, and mm -hmm. So every single year, I start the spring with a two-inch rosemary because I've killed my old one. And, you know, that's ridiculous. Now, you lucky people in zones 10 or 9, it's a perennial. Yes. You know, my dad had a rosemary. Or even zone 7. Up to zone 7. Yeah. And, you know, the version that we have, Edith, which is called ARP, yes. is good for zone 6. And we're zone 5B. And so... It's iffy. Now, my I kept my rosemary in the mm -hmm. ground last year, and I covered it up every time it got below 20 degrees with some frost cloth. Uh, but if we have a really bad winter, there goes yeah. that rosemary plant. There goes that rosemary, yeah. Well, this year I'm really going to make every single effort to keep that thing alive because it's the most beautiful smell. I find the smell actually therapeutic. Yeah, I do too. I love it. You could also consider, Edith, when you... When you repot it, bring it and put it on a tray of pebbles. Yes, that's another good thing that I'm going to do. I'm going to really pay a lot of attention to it. Put it in a south window. Put it with my other plants. Mm -hmm. Buddy, buddy system. Buddy system. Make sure it has really good drainage. Mm -hmm. Soften it up so don't bring it in right away. Another and just mistake let it sit. I've made every single year. I take it yeah. from you know I'll wait till the last minute so it's already in shock because it's gotten cold. Yeah, and I dig it up real quick and <laughs> yeah. I run it in the house. <laughs> Yeah. So dumb. I've done that. It's just awful. And I've also read, Edith, keep an eye on it. Um, make sure you have it in the brightest indoor location you have. Yes. And if you think that it's starting to struggle, you might need to add a grow light. I have a grow light coming from Amazon this week. I bought a couple. Really? Really? And I'm going to try them for a couple plants. Okay. Okay. That's a good idea, Christy. That's a good idea. And water like every few weeks. Don't water too much. Right. Right, right, right. Don't water. Do not overwater. Now, Christy... We both learned something wonderful recently, which was you can bring in pepper plants. I never knew you could do that. I never knew you could. I don't know why I didn't think about it, but I <laughs> never thought you could bring them in. And the goal is not for it to produce fruit no. in January. The goal no. is just to keep it alive, and then you have that big a start when you bring it outside again in the spring. Yep. Um and interestingly enough, you want a cool, dry location to store your pepper plant, something that remains around 55 degrees. No kidding. Something that remains around 55 yeah. degrees. Yeah, so I'm going to try my attic Okay. With, with it. How sunny is your attic, by the it's way? It's pretty sunny. Is it? Yeah. Okay. You guys have a lot of windows up there. So you should remove all the pepper fruit that's mature or immature from the plant. Do you cut it back as well? You should cut it back. Okay. Um... You only need to water the plant once every three to four weeks while you overwinter it. So this is similar to... Wow, that's like once a month. Yeah. 
Um, don't let the soil stay soaked, but don't let it dry out completely, which is always so hard to do. It is so do. hard, especially when you're saying, you <laughs> yeah. know, once a month. Yeah. And it's up in the attic, so I have to go, yeah, figure it out. Maybe it doesn't need as much water because it's not producing fruit. I bet that's true. You know? Yeah. It, um, I've learned that shortly after you place this pepper in a cool location and cut back watering, you will notice the leaves start to die back. Don't panic. This is normal. The pepper plant is entering dormancy. So once the leaves start to die, you can prune it back until you just have a few branches remaining, maybe one to two inches from the Y of the pepper. Yeah. And this step in overwintering um, will remove, just so you remove the dry leaves and you make the plant less susceptible to pests. And it'll grow new branches in the spring. Oh my gosh, that's so clever. So it's just like a do... do um, like a tree, I guess, you know, like a tree. Oh my gosh. Okay. So that, so, cause I'm definitely bringing in my cayenne pepper plant. It's really just a pretty nice little plant, but it's going to lose its leaves. You're saying don't panic and don't panic. Yeah. Okay. I won't do it. I won't and, panic. And then about a month before your last frost date, you bring the pepper plant out of that cool location and you remove it to a brighter, warmer location in your house. And you might even want to use a heating pad to so now we're give talking it additional in the spring. heat. Yes. Now we're talking in the mm-hmm. spring. Yeah. Before you bring you it outside. Bring it outside. You are hardening it off with many steps. Yeah, and warming it, warming it back up, mm-hmm. and resume watering, and you should start seeing new growth. Okay. Now, okay. what can happen to some of these plants that you bring inside, Edith? Like your rosemary, pepper plants, geraniums, that there could be bugs on them. Yep. And you could do the best you can. You could still have. Bugs, because yeah. bugs are a sign, and microbes are a sign of a healthy soil. I mean, it just kind of happens. So here, I have some tips. What are on, your tips? On um, how to get rid of bugs so you're not bringing bugs inside. Well, the first thing is to simply spray the plant down really well with a water sprayer, just like you were saying you got aphids off your broccoli, and right? And it worked. It totally worked. It doesn't need to be a heavy spray, just strong enough to clean debris off the plant, and a lot of times it's just to remove the bugs from the leaves. It's also good to take the plant... And dunk the entire plant in a large bucket of water with a few teaspoons of dishwashing liquid. Really? And that will remove the bugs from it. Um, if you have, it works really well for smaller plants. And wow. it's good if you can actually take it out of the pot, dunk the whole thing in a bucket of water with a few teaspoons of dishwashing liquid. But if you have to leave it in the pot for bigger pots, that's fine too. And if you see anything, you could also imply... You could also apply insecticidal soap, which you can get at any nursery mm-hmm. or store. Mm-hmm. Just follow the directions. We always say this. If you're going to use anything about this, a lot of it is your responsibility to follow the directions carefully and spray the leaves and the stems and the soil from top to bottom. And then once you bring the plants inside, be sure to keep plants away from um, anything else for a while to make sure that all the bugs are gone. Oh, because it'll infest all yeah, the plants yeah. in your house. Yeah, just, yeah. To, just, yeah. just to be on the safe side. Yeah. One thing, I'd like to talk a little bit about bringing in everybody's favorite herb too, which is basil. Yeah. You can you can bring in basil, but another way rather than bring it in is make a cutting and stick it in water. It, it's one of the fastest rooting things that I've ever seen. 
be careful if you have leaves under the water line and they're in the water, those leaves will rot and that will hurt. So when you, if you're doing that with, with rosemary or whatever, geraniums mm -hmm. don't have leaves under the water. Which is true for cut flowers. Period. True. In fact, if you just think of treating basil like you would treat a cut flower. Yes. Which is remove all the leaves and put it in a, in a vase or a glass mm -hmm. of water by the sink and change the water frequently and don't put it in the refrigerator. And then if you have a lot of roots and they look really strong and healthy, stick it in potting soil. And I'm not sure if it would make it through the winter because I've never done that, but let's try it. I think the danger of it is, is that it won't get enough light yeah. and they can get leggy. So consider, yes. consider a grow light. You know, they're making so many new, this grow light I bought at Amazon, Edith, is 10 bucks. That's it. And it's got an arm on it so you can manipulate it. And so, well, you know, we'll kind of see what happens. That's a good idea, Christy. See, it's the miracle of the marijuana industry is <laughs> helping the backyard gardener. Oh, yeah. <laughs> speedy delivery. Speedy delivery. What time could it be? Mailbag. Knock, knock. <laughs> I mean, ring, ring. <laughs> what is wrong with me? <laughs> you see, that's like the beaver. And I'm the raccoon. You. I thought I was saying ring, ring. <laughs> and I said, knock, knock. Who's there? <laughs> <laughs> the mailman. The mailman is here. And today our letter is from Jim C. from Boise. Boise, Idaho. Great town. It's a great town. I really like Boise. And I hear that it's gotten really big. Like it's exploded. Yes. Very little, popular. Yeah. Okay. This is such a nice letter. Here we go. Dear Upside Down Tulips. I like when they call us that. Yeah, that's Then there's fine. no arguing about whose name to say first. It makes you feel better, I it know. It makes me feel so much better because everyone says Christy's name first. Okay. Dear Upside Down Tulips. First off, let me tell you how much I love your podcast. That's, that's so nice. That's nice. I started gardening two years ago, a pandemic gardening convert. My first year, I planted a few things just to see if they might be, if it might be something I would like to do. I fell in love with it. Then, on a cross-country drive, my wife played for me many episodes of your podcast. <laughs> <laughs> your podcast has all the right elements, humor, information, and a pleasant conversational style. Oh, I thank you, Jim. Thank you. Mistakes, and that's a air, I'm doing air quotes, mistakes and quotes, the garden will forgive you, has raised my enjoyment of gardening to a new level. I simply breathe deeper when I'm out in the garden. Mm. It's great. That's so awesome. That is awesome. I want to share a story. When I was young, my best friend and I stole a fresh cantaloupe right off the vine from a neighboring farmer's field. I felt a bit like Peter Rabbit. <laughs> the innocent childhood joy of that escapade has stayed with me all my life, as has the amazing flavor of that cantaloupe. So, this year, I planted some cantaloupe. Most of the seedlings died from insects in late June, but two plants survived and are now producing an abundance of fruit. A few days ago, when I took the first ripe cantaloupe into the house and cut it open, something truly profound happened to me. I looked at that bright, deep orange and thought, it's a cantaloupe. <laughs> of course it was a cantaloupe. I knew that before I cut it in half, but now, as I looked at this thing that was so remarkably real, 
that I had grown from seed, I was filled with wonder, the wonder of life. That is what your path of mistakes and forgiveness has offered. Thank you so much. Yours, Jim from Boise. You're actually tearing up. I am because I can, well, first of all, he's so complimentary, which was just so nice to hear that, but also that I, I so, I so relate to that, Yeah. that when you plant a vegetable, a, a fruit, a flower, you and, become a creator. Yes. And, and, and it's it a connection. so rewarding. It's a connection to the soil and... From there on in, you're always going to want your soil to be better. You're going to want to share your produce. It's just so beautiful, It's Jim, beautiful, Jim. It's, she, she's openly Kleenex. sobbing. <laughs> she's literally openly sobbing. Well, she, folks, if you want to make me cry, all you need to do is write to Upside Down Tulips at Gmail or at our website at UpsideDownTulips.com. We'd love to hear your favorite gardening stories, your successes. Please don't make her cry again. I can't handle it. I really can't. <laughs> Write to us, please. Did we say this already? I'm all flummoxed now. At Upside Down Tulips at Gmail or at our website. Did we already say that? You're looking uh, at me did, funny. We did, but it's okay. <laughs> Raccoon. Edith. Beaver. Raccoon. Christine. Moody Piano Music brings us to that point in our show where we do the inspiration which hopefully will not move Christy to tears. She's just collected herself. This week's inspiration comes from Sarah Guillory from her book, Reclaimed. October has tremendous possibility. The summer's oppressive heat was a distant memory, and the golden leaves promised a world full of beautiful adventures. They made me believe in miracles. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody, oh, pretty. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening to this week's Upside Down Tulips. We are Edith Weiss and Christy Montour Larson. And if you got some laughs and some value out of this week's episode, could you do us a favor? Hit that subscribe, like, or follow button wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thanks so much to Denise Gentilini for composing and performing the Upside Down Tulips theme song. There's more of her music on her very own website, denisegentilini.com. Find the link at UpsideDownTulips.com. And thank you to our kind and talented actor, Abner Genesee. Thank you to our excellent yet elusive engineer. And a special thanks to our local nursery and friend of the show, Southwest Gardens. The best nursery in town. Hey, join us next week for I Know What You Did Last Summer, where we share how all the new things we tried this year turned out. Don't forget, if you make a mistake... Your garden will forgive you. Upside down.